Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. I'm your host, Steve Kramer. Thank you for joining me today. And we are talking practice planning. Practice planning with one of our Coach's Edge contributors, Coach Anthony Troshak. Coach Tro is a great teacher of the game. And when I say great teacher, a couple things come to my mind. One, it means they're a student of the game. They're still trying to learn and get better. It also means they do a great job of not only learning, but communicating what they are learning to other people. And Coach Tro combines those two things very well. He's a great communicator and he's a great student of the game. In this bonus episode, he's gonna talk about layering your practices, progressions to use in your practices. He's gonna talk about loading in practices, right? Which means adding or subtracting some constraints. And we'll talk about some different variables there. He also talks about some of those daily vitamins, drills and skills that you can do each day to get better. And if you're really looking for a solid way for to create a practice plan, he talks about the four square practice plan. And if you want our guide or our template for practice planning, just send me an email, contact at KremerBasketball.com and I'll be happy to send you the two page PDF that's a that serves as a really good guide for how you can start to structure your practices, put down what your main points of emphasis are as far as a player standpoint and a coaching standpoint. So thank you to Coach Tro for breaking down this episode on practice planning, something that was done in one of our Zoom calls. And lastly, the Coach's Edge is live. It's only live for a few more days. And so instead of me trying to say, hey, Membership still open. Check out coachesedge.coach. You want to learn more? I'm going to throw this audio back to Coach Ryan Fretz, Clyde varsity basketball coach in Ohio. And if you don't want to hear Coach Fretz talk about how much he loves the Coach's Edge, you can skip ahead like five minutes to the podcast audio. But if you're curious about joining the Coach's Edge, you don't have to take my word for it. Take the word from one of our Coach's Edge members on why he finds the Coach's Edge so very valuable to him and his program. All right. Thank you for listening. Let's get to the show. Coach's Edge is just like, it's a bookmark on my screen. And, you know, I've got a lot of things to go off of, but every coach is always, you know, there's always times where you get stumped or, man, what can I do to help out my players? What can I do? that might re-energize them? Is there a drill for this out there? And to be a member of Coach's Edge and just be able to go up and, you know, open up the link and have this website open and the way it's organized with your, um, whether it's a, something like a program development or one-on-one -on -one skills or passing drills or defensive drills or, or plays, whatever it is, you know, whatever I'm stumped on that day or whatever I want to improve on that day, that's what I click on. And, you know, I know last year one of our clinics was on the um, the shooting stuff, the ranking of the shooting that we did on the coach's edge, and I'm I'm stealing it. You know, talked to the coach, stole his stuff, got the video, and used our coach's clinic. We implemented the number system, and you know, from fourth grade all the way up to varsity. And we still use it today. So now when our fourth grade players get to fifth grade, they're going to know exactly what shot selection is about. And, and, you know, our JV guys that are moving up to varsity are, they're going to know the difference between a great shot, a good shot, and, you know, a bad shot. So it's, 
it's been beneficial. And, you know, I, I'm not on it as much as I want to be. You know, I've got two kids and, you know, a new job, new administration job that I'm going through, but it's still beneficial enough that if I need information, it's the first place I go to to look if I'm looking for something. Well, that's, that's good to hear, especially because, you know, when we designed it, um, we, what we had in mind was you, for example, right? And, and somebody who's got a teaching job, a lot of coaches are teachers as well, and you have a little bit of time. And instead of scouring the internet or looking for that one free email that you got from whatever, and you might've thought there was a good, just being able to go to the website, follow just a few buttons that will navigate you towards whatever it is that you have in mind. Like you mentioned, offense, defense, a passing drill, a ball handling drill, and just being able to find it quick. And that was my goal when I created it was not that coaches would spend a ton of time on it, but that the time that they do spend is beneficial. And, um, you know, and then we throw in some coaches edge meetings. You talked about shooting a lot and, you know, shooting is key. Show, so is shot selection. And that's something that we really try to try to emphasize um, equally when it comes to, to shooting the basketball, whether it's when we're, when we're doing in-person clinics or whether we're, you know, talking to coaches online as well. Uh, so it's great to hear that, you say that. As my two-year-old gets older and, you know, things calm down on, on Sunday evenings and it's easier to put kids to put kids to bed that, you know, I, I can make more, more coaches meetings. You know, I've been on a handful of them and I mean, it's just so cool you come into a coach's meeting and there's coaches in there from Michigan. There's some from South Carolina, Missouri, Maine. I mean, it's, it, it's neat because then you learn about what everybody else is doing or, or then you feel like, Hey, I'm not the only dude that's in this same boat dealing with the same issues that all these other coaches are dealing with. And I mean, the, the, the brotherhood, the camaraderie is there. And I mean, just to be able to help each other out, you know, in the case of kind of what we're doing tonight, what we'll do after this meeting tonight, um, I, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. It, it. It makes our jobs feel even more worth it. It's cool that, you know, just like you said, there might be somebody across the country, but you're going through that same thing and then you're able to help each other. And the meetings that we had last season because of COVID, I mean, some very interesting conversations that you were able to help a lot of people that hadn't started their basketball season yet because Ohio had 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 some games. Um, Coach Chevy basketball for one year. Then I coached varsity basketball at that same school for three years. And then um, we, me and my wife both teach. Um, we ended up moving about an hour south, south of that location that we were at and coached varsity basketball there for seven years. And that's kind of when I really got in with Coach Kramer. I knew him when I was at the previous school in Caseville. Um, but really, he started running some clinics and some camps for us. Um, and then I was at Brown City. So I was there for seven years. Varsity coach loved it. Um, you know, it was a great community, great school, um, but we were far away from family. So me and my wife just moved back towards her family um, up in, you know, northern Michigan. And I'll be doing eighth grade boys basketball this year. But the nice thing is their season ends um, that the eighth grade boys basketball season. Actually, we start practice a week from Monday. So October 25th. And then our last game is December 17th. So from there, I'll jump. Um, in with probably the varsity or, you know, whoever help needs help that day, but mainly the varsity is probably who I'll jump in with. They got a good program and, um, you know, the coach is doing a good job. So I'm excited to kind of learn too, because I've never really had that opportunity to, you know, have like a mentor and learn from um, a coach, like in program, I have plenty of friends, coach Kramer and coach Campbell and, 
you know, Coach Donovan, who's part of the program, I've, I've learned from. But as far as being at their practice every day, I haven't had that opportunity. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> Ideas are some things I've learned um, from other coaches or along the way um, that I thought was beneficial. And then I'll share kind of my practice plan and we can discuss anything on here. And then I know Coach Kramer has a bunch of great questions at the end to kind of spark a discussion. So I don't want to take too long. But uh, some practice plans, and you can't have practice when you, if you don't talk about Allen Iverson, right? You know, we're talking about practice, not a game, practice. Um, so some overlaying principles, I, and I, you get both Coach Campbell and Coach Pillar, you were here last, um, last time I presented. So be great at the things that happen a lot. So when I'm developing a practice plan, I want to ask, you know, what happens a lot in the game? You know, ball handling, finishing, passing, be great at those things. Uh, closeouts if you're a pack line team you're going to close out whatever you do a lot um, and then be great at what you're good at and that kind of leads into the next you know quote is if you could win a game in just a couple ways what would it be so are you a team that you know kills the glass are you a team coach Campbell's teams usually get out in transition and they run um, are you a team that is going to press or are you a team that's going to play zone so if you you know when you develop your practice plans um, you know I think it's just in, vital that you keep these kind of quotes in in mind um you know do the things that happen the most be great at what you're good at and then you know what how are we going to win games what are we going to hang our hat on i've fa fallen victim to that myself where we're trying to do too many things you know oh we're, we're trying to pressure here but we're sitting back here um we're trying to push it but we're trying to run sets so like you know i've learned i've learned the, the hard way of just you know what, what are we going to be great at? Let's focus on that. Let's hammer that in. And then everything else will take care of itself. Um, and then fight for your culture every day. And when you're creating practice plans. So, you know, how can I implement things that I want my, my culture to be about, whether it's hustle, whether it's communication, um, maybe, you know, guys that are on the sideline, instead of having them, you know, just stand out, they are active, whether they are in charge of something or, you know, they're, they're just, they're vocal. Um, I think you have to really fight for your culture every day and that should be included in your practice plans. It's not just, you know, signs on a wall. Um, so the next thing is when practice planning, like, I think it's important to, you know, plan it out and have like layers that are built on top of each other. So if you run like read and react, you know, you're familiar with layering, you know, layer one pass and cut layer two is Laker cut where you hit the post. There's like 16 layers in the, in the read and react offense. But I think that's important to do with not only, you know, not just the read and react offense, but anything that you're teaching. So I used example one, like, you know, Coach Kramer's phases of shooting. So you break that down and layering a skill is when you build one thing on top of another until it's complete. So if you take Coach Kramer's um, phases of shooting layer one, you know, or phase one would be follow through layer two is ball movement, layer three is body movement, layer four is game shot. So you're building it on top until it's complete and you have that shot. You know, that's layering a skill or like read and react would be like layering your offense. You can do it on defense, like layer one could be communication. And you talk about your keys to me, communication. Layer two might be ball skills, which would be like closeouts. You know, how, how are you going to have your hand? How close are you going to guard the ball? How close are you going to pressure? You know, layer three. You know, post defense, layer four, uh, how are you going to guard like single screens, like down screen actions? And then it just goes on and on. You go layer five ball screens, layer six rebounding, layer seven transition. But you're layering your offense until or your defense until it's complete. So you have those out laid out 
you build it one on top of another until it is complete. And then you have, you know, your, your defense. All right. So I think it's important when you're practice planning to layer one thing on top of another. Um, and go ahead, stop. If you have any questions, throw them in the chat. Coach Kramer, if you want to interrupt, that's fine too. Uh, next thing uh, is progression. So progression, obviously, I think as all you guys here probably know, you know, it's just making a concept more difficult. Um, an example would be, let's go back to Coach Kramer's shooting and phases of shooting. Um, so to make it more difficult, you might add on something um, like a step and a hop on form shooting, or you have the player with their back to the basket and I call it 180 turns and they turn and then they catch and shoot it. So you're making it a little more difficult every single time. And then you go pound a pull up and then you do other things Then you can have contested shooting. So basically you're slowly making it a little more challenging, a little more challenging. So it's more, a little more game like um, in your practices. And I think that's an important concept to have when you're practice planning of what is your progression? How am I going to teach this? And how am I going to make it a little more challenging for them so it's more game-like so it can transfer into games? Because ultimately, that's what we want. We want our, we want our practices to transfer into games. Um, so another example would be communication. You know, if you're teaching communication, and this is kind of like almost a junior high thought, but communicate just one thing at a time. We're just going to communicate where, where we're at. So every single, you know, I'm just communicating, am I ball? Am I help? Am I gap? Am I deny? But I'm just communicating one thing. That's all I got to communicate is where I'm at, and especially if you're starting with just junior high or, you know, lower levels. Now, then you communicate two things. Maybe you communicate where you're at and you also communicate what talk to the ball. Like you say, you know, force them left, force them left, or you're talking about you're alone, you're alone. There's no ball screen. So now you're communicating two things. So you're progressively making it a little tougher, making it a little more difficult for the players. And then when you get to stuff, maybe you're communicating more than two things um, and you jog through the action of a down screen. How are you going to communicate that? It's just a jog through and then you do it full speed. So you're progressing from communicating one thing to two things to multiple things with jogging through it to full speed. And then if you want to progress it even more, you, you go with a, a disadvantage. So a five on four or a four on three. Um, so, but you're progressively making it more difficult and more game-like so it can transfer to the games. So um, that's layering. Well, that's progression. The first one was layering. And the last one I'm going to talk about um, is, is loading. And this is probably one of my favorite, but it's also tough to explain, but I'll do the best I can. So loading to me is like adding or subtracting like constraints. And there's different ways that you can do this in your practice planning. You could challenge an individual player. You could challenge a group. You, maybe it's your starters. Maybe it's just team A and team B. You could challenge, you know, whoever you want. But you're, but you're basically adding or subtracting constraints to load the drill to make it a little more difficult or a little easier. Um, and it also can, like, level the playing field, especially if you're focused on, like, skill development. Um, so I've been using the example of shooting and defense. So back to the shooting example, maybe player A, you, they have to make four out of five from a spot to go to the next one. Where player B, they only have to make three. Um, so it's different because, you know, you're, you're, you're loading something to one player who maybe is your better shooter. You want to challenge them, make it a little more engaging. Where that other player, you know, maybe three is challenging for them. Um, so it's, you know, simply, or you could just be like, you're simply improving on your best and you're, uh, you're doing a drill 
where it's timed an individual drill, whether it's ball handling or shooting, and they're just trying to improve. And that's, that's kind of the goal. Um, another example would be like defense. So you're loading it. All right. So instead of just working on shell drill, we're, we're going to say the ball can't touch the paint. All right. You got to get four stops in a row. Um, so you're loading that drill to make it more difficult than a game is what you're really trying to do, or to also emphasize like one thing, like, Hey, we want to protect the paint. So we're going to load up this drill to really focus on the concept of protecting the paint. Um, you could also load the drill by saying, you know, all five players must, you know, hit their men or their woman on a blockout. Otherwise it doesn't count as a stop, you know, that doesn't happen in a game, you know, the referee is not going to blow the whistle. So oh, all five didn't block out the other team's ball, but you do it in practice because it wants to be more challenging and harder. That's why you're adding those constraints. Um, some other thoughts about loading drills in practice is like dribble limits. I know Coach Kramer does this with like one-on-one, two-on-two, even three-on-three, maybe four-on-four, but you, you, you know, do dribble limits. Um, another thing you could do is your best shooter. So we talked about shot selection. Um, your best shooter you want to, the offense wants to get them a seven. So like if they get the best shooter, you know, a shot that's in the rhythm in range and with room, like maybe that, you know, on your scoring scale, that's like worth, you know, double your points or maybe they just win the drill if they get their teammate a seven. So what it focuses on is guess what? That, that guy that's trying to get a seven is going to be moving without the ball. They're probably going to be screening to get open. Other teammates are going to be screening for them because in a game you want them to get a seven. So you're loading that drill up specifically for them to work on something that's going to happen in a game. Um, and on the flip side, you could have the defense say, no, we don't want that player to get a seven. So maybe you're going against a good shooter the next night and you go, you know, we're going to, we're not going to let them get a shot in their range in rhythm or with room. So you load that drill. So you're really working on two things. Um, other things like you could load the drill specifically for a player. Like you must get two offensive rebounds. Like we all have a, we all have a player that likes to maybe shoot a three pointer or two that, you know, you're like, ah, you're really better inside. Um, so maybe you just go, well, if you get two offensive rebounds, you know what? I'll give you an outside shot. You know, as long as you are shooting a seven. All right. Guess what? They're going to probably crash the boards harder. They're probably going to get some offensive rebounds because they want to be able to step out and, you know, shoot a three. Um, other ways to load a drill would be like, you know, the offense, you have to set two back screens before you can shoot. All right. So I'm sure you guys probably do some of this stuff, which is kind of what I'm um, interested in hearing about. I'm um, hearing a little bit. Um, and the last things I'll leave you with is just kind of some food with thoughts. So these are kind of um, just some, just some thought that I'll throw it out there, but uh, is when your practice planning is, I think it's really important, especially at the younger levels to have like vitamins is what a lot of coaches call them, which are your, everyday drills and skills that players know that is great repetition that players can go hard in, but they're also going to benefit it. And it's, and it's maximizing your time. So everyday drills that players know that they're going to do. Um, and it's, it should be focused on, you know, your, your identity as a team and as a program, those drills. Um, and a lot of them will probably be fundamental too. Um, a couple other practice plan ideas that I've picked up from coaches is one, I've, I don't know if it was a podcast, but they said, if, you know, if you're struggling, like with your practice plan, take a piece of paper, fold it. So you got fold it in half, fold it in half again. So you basically got four quadrants and they said, just write one topic in each four of those quadrants, like rebounding, shooting, you know, transition. Um, and then maybe we're struggling with ball screens. All right. So then that's your practice plan and just build out that. 
All right. So that way, and then you could be like, you know what, I'm only going three quadrants today or two. Um, so then you really hone in on the things that you want to focus on instead of developing that practice plan. Well, what do I throw in here? What do I do here? It's just four quadrants or you use three and you just work on those three things. Um, and lastly, if you follow coach, uh, I think it's Michael Lynch on Twitter. Um, he's pretty active, but he took this from another coach, um, red, yellow, and green practices. I don't use this, but I think it's an awesome idea. Um, like a red practice would be um, a practice where one or two topics are covered. It's a deep dive. It is um, more teaching, less live play, really deep dive into co some concepts where a yellow practice would be you're working on like multiple aspects of the game. You're balancing teaching and live play. And then green is more like a minimal coach and intervention. We're providing like a lot of opportunities to play live and get reps. So I thought that was a pretty cool way to um, think about, you know, how you practice plan um, as far as organizing your practices and, um, you know, conducting them. So real quick, is there any questions? And I'll share kind of what I do um, through my practice plans, but any questions or comments? And like I said, I'm looking forward to kind of going back and, discussing some of this stuff. Um, just to add in the, the loading aspect that you said, um, I remember in high, I still remember in high school, I remember, you know, a day or two where coach Steve Bowen, our assistant coach pulls me to the side before practice. And he's like, Steve, can you average 10 rebounds a game? I was like, sure. He's like, we need better rebound. He's like, I need you to get more rebounds. Now I didn't end up averaging 10 rebounds a game, fairly close, but the emphasis was, are you going to be able to rebound the basketball more? Are you going to be able to, to crash the glass more in order for our team to be successful? You need to get the ball because when you get the ball, it's a fast break now, like we're just gone. And it, it's those little conversations. And, and I still remember that when that was like 20 years ago as a player. And now I've, I've used that when I was coaching eighth grade basketball. I mean, we had my brother Harrison. We had a kid named Michael Kemp. Michael Kemp walked on and played at Central. And my brother Harrison, those were our two best players. And I remember times during the season because we were really good and we won every game. I like to say we won every game in spite of my coaching. We, But I would bring those guys because we knew we were probably going to smoke whoever we were playing. So I would bring those guys to the side or out in the cafeteria, which was next to the gym. And I would do, I, th I think you would characterize this as loading, right, Coach Strode? Like, it wasn't a skill thing. It was just this quick conversation that we would have of like, guys, I need you to concentrate on this because I know you can kill these guys when you're going to practice and get like whatever you want to do, right? But can you really concentrate on post entries? Can you really concentrate on early transition, pushing the basketball ahead? Michael, can you concentrate on, you know, getting more offensive rebounds, you know, whatever that might look like, be specific. Um, and that's helped. And then when I was an assistant coach at some varsity schools, I would usually do the same thing when we were in some of the dog days of our season. And I felt like our team was getting a little lax. They were getting a little, you know, feeling a little too good, a little too comfortable with how well we were playing. And, but I wouldn't do it because it would be too out of character for me and especially my style as a coach, but I'd take our captain or our best player and I'd bring him to the side before practice started. And I would say, Hey, like Griff, who is our point guard from Perrysburg played college ball for Wittenberg. I said, Griff, 
I'm going to get on you today. I'm going to get on your butt today at practice. All right. Because you're the captain of this team. You're the best player on this team. And our guys are getting a little comfortable. And be like, yeah, you know, you're, you're right. And he was, you know, getting a little comfortable with himself too. I said, you know, if I get on you and bust your butt today, everybody else is going to start doing the same thing because they're going to see that I'm getting on you and you're taking it and you're listening and you're doing it. I don't even have to coach the rest of the guys. They're just going to go. He's like, yeah, you're right. Let's go. And then that's how we would roll at practice. And I just be hounding Griff with every little tiny thing that he could do a little bit, a little bit better. And what would usually happen is that kid would end up having a great practice. Um, but then all the other guys were like rolling. And um, I just felt like that that's just a little piece to what I would put in your loading category, which was awesome. Um, there's a ton of great stuff in here of just those little conversations where you take a kid to the side. And, and I know for me as a high school player, I respected my high school coaches so much that when they had an individual conversation with me for just a couple of minutes, I still remember it. And I was like, okay, like that's the one thing I'm concentrating on this practice. I'm on it. And that that's something that I've taken with me. Like every stop I've gone with coaching is every not. And if you do it too much, it's not going to work. Right. But if you do it every once in a while, you get that feel, that vibe in the gym, you pull that kid to the side. I've never regretted doing it. And it's always, it's always paid off. So. No. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, like I said, I love the loading part and it's almost tough to explain. Cause like you said, it could be just a conversation. It could be only you and the other player know what you're talking, what he's focused on. It could be the entire team where you go, we're not letting coach Kramer defense. You're not letting coach Kramer get an open shot. All right. It, it could be, like I said, there's multiple different ways to load it. You could also, you know, in, in certain drills, you could load it just to some one or two players where they have to get a certain number that other players don't um, because you want to keep them fresh. You want to keep them challenged, um, things like that. Thank you for listening to this episode. And if you want to attend one of our free Coaches Edge meetings, Hit me up at Coach's Edge One on Twitter. Contact at KramerBasketball.com tonight, October 28th, 2021. If you're, you're listening, we have a free Zoom call at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And this is a double Zoom call. The first Zoom call we have is with Coach A.J. Burton. He's talking about scouting reports, how he breaks down his opponent, how he goes about sharing it with his team. This is a great presentation. If you haven't seen it, it's a great one to tune into. And then after that, he's going to be talking about the four out one in motion offense. And he'll be sharing uh, some video. He'll be talking about how he starts to implement that with the college program that he works with at Southern Maine. So we have two free Coach's Edge meetings tonight. If you're listening the day of October 28th, 2021. Let me know if you want to register. You can do that at contact.kermerbasketball.com. Email me. I'll send you the link. You can hit me up at Coaches Edge One on Twitter, or you can register yourself, kramerbasketball.com slash events, and that will give you an automatic reply with the Zoom link. So thank you for listening. And if there's anything that we can do for you as you head into the season, whether you're a Coaches Edge member or not, we obviously want to want to help people. That's especially what the, the point of this podcast is just reach out. We want to communicate with coaches. We love learning uh, and, and building these relationships with coaches around the country has been really one of the, 
One of the most rewarding things about the Coaches Edge podcast is just getting to know new coaches and coaches that we've already known at a much better level. So thank you again for listening. And as always, get after today.